had a bride call me in probably April about her September wedding. And I just thought she was goofy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like, what are you talking about? That is so long, so far away. There's no way that's just going to, I didn't say that, but yeah. I was thinking <laughs> there is no way you are just, you're off your rocker, but I was off my rocker. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bride to Have Been podcast. Today, we have Marie Crick, owner of Laurel and Vine Floral Design. Laurel and Vine is based in Novato, California, where Marie works her creative magic in making floral designs for local floral bouquets, floral design workshops, events, and to no surprise, weddings. What I love about today's interview is that I met Marie through social media. She just so happened to follow Bride to Have Been on Instagram, and so a simple DM has led us to hear our story today. Marie, it's so wonderful to virtually meet you, and welcome to Bride to Have Been. Thank you so much. It's so good to meet you, too. Yeah. So I did a little homework on Laurel and Vine, and I must say your floral designs are gorgeous not to mention all the five-star reviews you have on Yelp and Google. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for poking around on my website and reviews. Yeah. (laughs) I I had to do a little stalking of you, you know. I'm very impressed. I love flowers. My grandmother was a florist, so it's very meaningful to me. That's so awesome. Obviously, the pandemic has impacted us all. But Marie, I'm just so happy you're on this podcast because I imagine that your business has been impacted by... COVID-19, but also weddings, I'm assuming would be a big part of your business. So before we dive into all that good stuff, I would just love to hear how you got your business started. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on too. It's, yeah, it's an, welcome. It's an honor for sure. And it's very relevant to this year. Bride to have been is like story of me <laughs> and my customer's life this year. So how I got started was, let's see, it was four and a half years ago. I was working as a social worker with foster kids. And as you can imagine, it was just a little bit of a stressful job. And so I used flowers at the time as a hobby and they were a healing modality for me. And I didn't even realize it at the time. This was like years later, looking back, I was like, oh, I was like healing my soul through flowers. (laughs) So I would just pick them on the side of the road, forage my mom's garden, do whatever I could do to get my hands on flowers. And I was becoming a maniac. I was living with some friends at the time and putting bouquets all over the house. And I eventually moved in with my fiance at the time. And I was making messes all over our house with these flowers. And he's like, why don't you just become a florist? I know you don't want to be a social worker long term this is ridiculous. Just be a florist. And I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Way too good to be true. So I thought about it for about a month. And then I was like, yeah, that's what I'll do. So I got a little online certification and 
practiced and just opened my business and was pretty bad at the beginning and got better. (laughs) (laughs) They say practice makes perfect. Absolutely. So that's the story of the beginning. That's awesome. I love that. Your husband now, I love that he gave you like that little nudge to be like, just do this. You're clearly creating these floral designs left and right. You're such a good soul. (laughs) Thank you. Social worker is a tough environment, as I I can only imagine. Yeah, I really wanted to help people. And I think it was just too much. I was taking it on too much. I was feeling every kid's feelings. I think maybe I'm too sensitive or something, but bless the social workers because I couldn't do it. But I'm happy to spread joy with flowers. So Yeah, you found your place. Yes, I did. I always wondered, like, how do you become a florist? And so you actually just took an online certification. And did you shadow anybody for a little bit before you actually got into it? I tried my darndest. I was in a small town up in Washington at the time. And I applied to every single florist in town. I didn't know that floral freelancing was a thing. That's a really big thing in the like event floral world but I didn't know about that. I was just finding flower shops and trying to apply and they weren't (laughs) impressed with my portfolio. And I tried to get, I was like, okay, I'll work at a grocery store just to get my hands on flowers. And so Safeway suckered me in and they said, you can work in our deli and we'll move you to the floral department. We'll just have you at the deli for a little bit and then we'll shuffle you over. They never shuffled me over and I was like stuffing chickens and I was like, get me out of here. (laughs) How long did that last for? I think it was only three weeks, but honestly, (laughs) it felt like a year. Anyway, yeah, I would highly suggest freelancing if anyone out there wants to be a florist because I had no idea what I was doing, but I just slowly figured it out. (laughs) That is crazy. So you were in Washington. How'd you make your way to Novato, California then? My husband's family lives down here, and we always knew we wanted to move to California. So we got married, and then about six months later, we moved down here. It's a good place to be a florist, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So is it just a team of one? Is it just you? Just me. For bigger events, then I'll hire freelancers. Florists stick together. So I've even freelanced for other event florists. So we just sort of help each other out. When someone has a bigger event, we jump in and help each other. That's so fascinating. I never knew that was a thing within the wedding industry. I always just assumed everyone had these built out teams. Yeah, I wish. But with events, it's so unpredictable. Some are so small that it wouldn't you wouldn't need a team. And it's so sporadic. Like you can't have a full time team if it's like just weddings every Saturday or something. So I don't know. Some people have full time teams, but not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. That makes sense. So I'm just curious, how much of your business is actually weddings? It was probably about 90%. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Pre-COVID. For everybody that can't see us, that was a sad face she gave me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was my main thing. I did do other events and occasionally smaller deliveries. And I was just getting into workshops. But yeah. Weddings were the the bread and butter for sure. Yeah, I bet. Speaking of workshops, personally, I would love to do a workshop. I've always wanted to do a flower arrangement workshop. Awesome. Are you trying to figure out a way to do it virtually for people? I have done one virtually. I would like to do more. I've done, yeah, a few in-person ones, like socially distanced with masks and stuff with only a few people. But 
it's a little challenging this year. It's not like, for instance, like a cocktail making class where they could send you a few ingredients. The flowers don't last as long, obviously. So that might be a little bit harder. Yeah, I did. I did one virtually where I drove around town like a crazy oh person gosh. delivering all these flowers for people to <laughs> to design with. And it, yeah, it was a lot, but it would be fun to do again. But when people are like showing you that just there's terrible lighting and <laughs> I don't know, it's it's interesting. Well, if you ever figure it out, I'm all game for it. All right. So 9% of your business were weddings. How many weddings did you have booked for 2020? 25. Wow. For 2020. Yeah. Solid amount of weddings. Mm-hmm. How many of those actually happened? I did 12 weddings, but very small, which the guest count really affects the flowers. My average yeah. spend is probably about 3,500-ish per wedding on flowers. And now it's around 400. Thankful for those brides that stuck around, but they very much shrunk their order. So that affects oh the bottom line for sure. <laughs> that definitely affects the bottom line. And I understand because Virgilian and I, again, we went from 150 people where I had six bridesmaids. So that's six other bouquets besides mine, which those were quite expensive. I was like, I had no idea how much bouquets were for bridesmaids. <laughs> the flowers were the the biggest price tag aside from the venue. And it definitely reduced, I think, maybe half the price of what we had been originally quoted when we thought we were going to do it at 150 people. So that's so tough. But you still have been able to do weddings. That's the most amount of weddings I've heard actually so far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful that so many people stayed because just anything magically $400 wedding sounded like the best thing ever, as opposed to canceling or postponing. So I'm really grateful for my brides that decided, screw it. I'm I'm just going to get married and have a few people around me. What has mainly been the focus of types of flowers brides want with these smaller weddings? Are they still asking for the bouquet and a few centerpieces? What what are you typically doing for your orders now? Yeah, it's generally a bridal bouquet, maybe one bridesmaid bouquet, a few boutonnieres for the groom and dads and grandpas that are there, maybe a few corsages, possibly arch flowers or some sort of altar flower. And then, yeah, maybe one or two centerpieces. It's quite small compared to the explosions of flowers that used to be going on in my studio. I bet. Yep. That sounds about right. We still had this, it wasn't like a full arch for where we did the ceremony piece, but they were like coming like from the ground and up. they were beautiful and they turned out really nice. But you know what I must say though, the silver lining, at least for us, was that I was able to get a lot more orchids in my order because originally with 150, I asked for orchids and they were like, you're going to spend $10,000 probably with orchids in your order. And I was able to put orchids in mine. (laughs) I was so happy. Oh yeah. You can do a lot with your budget and make your flowers just so bomb with now and with only a few arrangements to order. I think that's a really fun thing because I like to design those kind of things. I do lots of stretching budgets left and right, which is fine and creative in and of itself, but it's fun to put in the expensive, fancy blooms every once in a while. So Just a little pop here and there, you know? 
it really jazzes it up to get the fancy ones. So I actually, I feel like brides, personally, if I was still going to be getting married, I would want your POV on what you think are like the best flowers to go for these brides that have can go fancy now if they're doing a micro wedding. Peonies are fancy. Those are in June, but they get big and ruffly. But then in about September, October, they come back because there's a few different places where they can import them from. So those are fun to include. Orchids are wonderful. There's lots of different varieties of garden roses that just open up in really crazy, unique ways and have just crazy colors. What I found so fascinating was when I was pinning things on Pinterest, I assumed some of these flowers, like these were their natural colors. Because I was very much so into this terracotta like rustic look. And I was like, yeah, I just, I want those flowers. And when I talked to the florist at the time, they were like, okay, we'll paint those. And I'm like, paint. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, they're like, you want that color, right? And I was like, I didn't realize they needed to be painted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts of interesting stuff on Pinterest. There are some terracotta colored flowers, but yeah, sometimes I get Pinterest boards from brides and I'm like, that's not a real flower and that's not a real flower and that's been painted and that has a humongous filter on it from the photographer. That's not what it'll actually look like. And there's lots, lots of things to weed through. Interest is tricky. But (laughs) (laughs) Are dried flowers in still? My sister was very into dried flowers. Yeah, they're still in. I I like it. I'm all for it. They don't die on me. I can save them. Yeah, it's great. That was the beauty of the dried flowers at my sister's was that we were able to take those home and I still have, like I'm literally looking at a whole bouquet in the corner of this room right now that allows you to keep it. Whereas unfortunately mine were beautiful when I had them, but all of them died (laughs) very quickly. But, you know, pictures last a lifetime, they say. So, you know, I have them there too. Totally. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod, our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. So shifting back to COVID times, because that's what this is all about, right? You know, I know, womp womp. As Shelter in Place was first announced in March, what was your initial feeling? Did you think, oh, this isn't going to last longer? Did you have a whole different feeling about how things were going to go? I had no idea what was going on. I was very confused, but also I was very distracted because I had a project that I was going to work on that week 
anyway. So I am creating this course called DIY Wedding Flower Academy, where I'm teaching brides how to do their own flowers. And I had this idea before, and I wanted to get the flowers for it before the flower market closed down because I was like, the world's shutting down. I want to do my course and I need flowers for it. So I ran to the flower market the day before everything shut down and got my flowers. And I was filming that whole first week, this course that I was creating. And I was trying to do it as quickly as I could before the flowers died because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get more for a while. So I was rushing through this course, trying to create it and also trying to process what in the world was happening. And it was a lot because I was trying to stay on and happy for the camera and professional, but also in the back of my mind thinking what in the world is happening. So I was very confused, but very busy and in some ways thankful for the distraction because I had no idea what the heck was happening. (laughs) Yeah. So you weren't going to pour toilet paper and paper towel. You were going to the flower market to pour <laughs> flowers. Hoarding <laughs> those last minute flowers. Totally. Oh my yeah. God. Priorities. It was just yeah. priorities. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any couples early on during that time that were like, hey, we have to cancel? Early on, it took a little while for, I only had two cancellations, which I'm very grateful for. I don't remember how long it took for them to cancel, but people were contacting me asking what my policies were and what would happen if they had to move. And I remember I had a bride call me in probably April about her September wedding. And I just thought she was goofy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just like, what are you talking about? That is so long, so far away. There's no way that's just going to, I didn't say that, but yeah. I was thinking <laughs> there is no way you are just, you're off your rocker. But I was off my rocker, it turns out. And yeah, I guess that I was getting a lot of inquiries asking, what are we going to do if this affects my wedding? How have you had to change your business model in terms of legal paperwork, right? To make sure, one, you're covered, but two, the couples also are not getting screwed over financially as well. Yeah. At the beginning, I was... So for couples that needed to change their order, I just... Whatever needed to be refunded, I just refunded. It was just like, whatever, let's take care of people because everything everything's weird. So I just... Some refunds all the way, some just half because they could use the other half for their small wedding or whatever. So I just took care of everybody because... Uh, I believe in karma. (laughs) And also, I don't want to screw people over. So that's how I handled that. But now I have a new COVID, I think it's called a risk agreement waiver, just because now it's not an unknown, oh gosh, the world's falling apart. Now people who are getting married, they're knowingly planning a large event in the middle of a pandemic, and it's a whole different story. So while I, you know, want to treat them fairly and not screw them over, now I have a contract for them to sign that says exactly how long they have to cancel their event to get a full refund because it does take work ahead of time for me to plan the flowers and order them and design and all that. Definitely. They have a specific contract in place and that makes them feel protected too. I think that's good because all of us, obviously, who already had 
signed everything before <laughs> this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of, we were in a pickle because one, our vendors needed to get paid because this is your living, right? You don't get paid. You're not, how can you pay your bills? But for us, we were like, wait, but we don't know what to do. So I've been very fortunate. I cannot take that for granted. We actually kept our wedding in Southern California and Santa Barbara area because we had already paid our vendors and we knew like watching other people lose money by trying to cancel their vendors altogether. We're like, we don't, one, we don't want to screw people over, but two, we didn't want to have to start over again either. And so we're like, we've made these relationships. Like we would love to just keep our wedding in an area that they're going to still be able to service us. Yeah. That was thoughtful of you. I totally understand brides who aren't thinking about their vendors, just tunnel vision, taking care of whatever they need to take care of. But there have surprisingly been so many people who are like, the wedding industry is made of small businesses and we need to take care of them. And I've really felt that this year too. So that's awesome. Definitely. I mean, you guys, a lot of you are small businesses. Most of you, I feel like, are small businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's just pretty crazy that if we can't pay you guys or if you guys can't do business, like that's it for your companies. And so I love that you are a good human and, and believe in good karma that you serve as the people that needed the refund, but also that you are taking care of yourself too. So that was smart. Yeah. I, I feel like 2020 and 2021 are a whole kind of different story with that. Now we know what's going on and we can communicate ahead of time. But yeah, this year was not the year to screw people over if I had it in my power not to. So <laughs> yeah. How many weddings do you have for 2021 lined up? That's a great question. So 13 of my weddings moved and I've booked a few more. So maybe about, I don't know, 15, 17 weddings, which I don't know, to me, it's just like, are those going to happen? Who knows? I I honestly don't have my hopes up. <laughs> Does that sound bad? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I'm trying not to get my own hopes up. I totally hope these weddings happen for these couples. But when I, I used to get so excited when a wedding books and now I'm like, we'll see you know <laughs> like i'm happy to be on board with you but i don't know what's going to happen yeah it's hard it's so crazy i know i watch people get engaged i have friends that got engaged in 2019 and getting married in 2021 and watching my friends plan and i did this too because i was in se- my wedding was in september so it allowed me to have like, four different versions of my wedding before i finally decided but I'm just watching them right now and and I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful for them, especially the ones that are closer to summertime. I'm like, please, like for you guys, I want to go to your wedding. We're all ready to go to a party, you know, at this point. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) So overall, sounds like you've been fortunate that like only two cancellations, but overall, you've definitely felt the impact from this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This year has just been stay afloat kind of year, not thrive. Yeah. Sort of year. You know, I've I've done my best to thrive. Don't expect to make money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just feel grateful that my business is still here and that there's still money coming in and I can still pay my bills, but I am not like daddy warbucks or anything right now. <laughs> Have you noticed that aside from weddings? just more people wanting to send flowers to people. Is that still a happening thing? Mm -hmm. I've totally switched my marketing, I guess. I 
I've changed my focus. If weddings come to me, I don't say no, but I'm focusing more on like gift bouquets for birthdays, anniversaries and all that. I really enjoy that. It's a lot less planning. The people sending the flowers don't care as much as brides do about exact shades and stuff like that. So it's it's less time involved and it gives me a little more creative freedom. So it's really enjoyable. I like it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Everybody support your local florist, especially Laurel and Vine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And florists everywhere, wherever you are, give your florist some love. <laughs> yes. And who doesn't love to brighten up their rooms with flowers? <laughs> okay. So the pandemic overall has obviously been tough for everybody, but what do you feel like just has been the toughest thing for you with your couples that you've been working with? What have you find has been the most challenging? I mean, as you mentioned, you had to redo your wedding like four times. I feel <laughs> so bad for these brides. I remember my wedding a few years ago, and it was so much work just for one wedding that actually did happen <laughs> the way that I thought it would. And so I just, I see these brides, they're just so tired and frustrated and trying to be excited about their wedding, but like hesitant about even being excited and It just makes me so sad for them. So that's been hard, but I have been having fun with them too. Just we've found humor in it together because we both know it sucks for both of us right now. So I'm just sending silly memes and DMs to each other on Instagram about (laughs) putting their guests on the roof of their venue and like tossing them appetizers out the window (laughs) or I don't know. Just I feel like everyone's at a time where it's just like whatever. Just laugh about it. Yeah. I've also noticed that you have a blog and you were putting some just ideas out there for couples that had to reschedule their wedding or ways in which to celebrate for when they were supposed to originally get married. So I love that you've just engaged with people in that way and and throwing creative ideas out there. Yeah. I've seen couples be so super creative. A lot of them celebrate their first date and just got married in their jeans and whatever and had a tiny little wedding in the backyard or didn't get married at all but still wanted to have a COVID wedding celebration that day and just watch Netflix or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's been really sweet to watch people adapt to it. I don't know. Yeah, I've been trying trying to spread positivity and also trying to raise awareness for vendors and family members to really show love to those couples who have had their weddings canceled because we all got our fairy tale weddings and they just got screwed this year. So just, you know, bridesmaids sending their, their friend flowers and people writing little poems and just really sweet things, thoughtful things for the couples is I think very much welcomed. Yeah. I think it goes a long way because we're all going through a lot this year, as we all know, but Again, I was fortunate to have mine, but one of my best friends postponed hers, I think, three times now. And I just felt for her on that day because her wedding was supposed to be April 4th. And at that point, we didn't know, right, what to expect. So I did send her flowers because I was just like, I love you. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. This is what's happening. But yeah, I think it goes a long way because a lot of people were, everyone's caught up in everything that's happening in their lives. But that one special day we don't get as we envisioned that a lot of us have dreamed of since we were 
God knows how. I really wasn't that person, to be honest with you. But a lot of people I know were. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But yeah, lots of people. One of my friends had like bridal magazines. She would hoard bridal magazines when she was like eight. And I just remember I was like, I cannot relate. But yeah, maybe I should have been planning a little more strategically. I'm personally glad I didn't because it just would have been all out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, that's done. <laughs> okay, so I have a final question for you. We know the wedding industry has gotten a little out of control pre-COVID in terms of how much people were spending. I think like I was listening to how I built this a while ago. It was, I think in 2018, it was about the knot. And I think they were saying back then in 2018, say back then, but it would have been even more in 2020. That I think the average wedding in the United States, I want to say it was like $35,000. So the wedding industry is very expensive. So I'm just curious to know how you think the pandemic is going to impact the wedding industry moving forward. Yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering if people are going to focus in on what they really care about, what details of the wedding that they really care about, what guests they really care about, because (laughs) people uh, get so much pressure to invite people that they do not care about, who they haven't heard from for years. Some couples are delighted that COVID happened because it's their excuse not to invite Aunt Betsy, who... (laughs) drives them up the wall, you know? So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing probably smaller events in, in the future and maybe just more thoughtfully put together instead of, it's just, it's hard to execute a 300 person wedding really thoughtfully where each guest has a wonderful experience. But if you cut it down a little bit, then it can be a little bit more special for the bride and groom and all the guests. So yeah, I think just smaller weddings and maybe just focusing on the details that the couples actually really care about and not what they think they should care about. Yeah, I would agree with you on that point. And I think that was proof was in the pudding for us because I think I cared too much about what other people thought. And when I had to bring it down to nine people, I was like, this is just really about Julian and I coming together and our families coming together. And it put that into perspective to me. And I I think if I were to redo my wedding, I would not have 150 people. I would maybe max 50 and keep it like super intimate because it was really special just being the nine of us. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on Bride to Have Been today. I'm so happy to meet you virtually. We'll have to... Absolutely somehow connect once it's safe to see people so (laughs) thank you emily it was really fun to be on yeah of course thank you for listening i'm your host emily lewis follow me on social media at bride to have been and please send me or dm me your covid wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast bride to have been is brought to you by gift pod and produced by studio pod Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.